Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the content in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday. Welcome to Catholic Baltimore. I'm Father Brian Nolan, a priest of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, and we're here today talking about the importance of growing in your spiritual life, and especially the gift of spiritual accompaniment, meaning having a spiritual director or a spiritual mentor. I'm here with Don Walsh. Don Walsh is a parishioner at St. John in Westminster. Uh, she is a wife. She's uh, a mother. She's also the visitor relation manager at the National Shrine Grotto in Emmitsburg. So we welcome you today, Don. Thank you, Father. It's good to be here. Great. Welcome. Don, maybe you can share with us a little bit more. When you started taking your spiritual life more seriously, when you became more intentional about it? So I was raised in a good Catholic family and had a blessing of 16 years of Catholic school, but it really wasn't until I had my own children that I started to take my spiritual life seriously. Knowing that I needed to impart the faith to the kids made me realize that I had some weaknesses in my formation. So that's really what got me on the road. So what did you do? Well, at the time, being a young mom, I remember praying to the Lord and saying that I realized I needed some good friendships, some good holy friends to help me pursue this direction that I wanted to go in, about which I was uncertain. So he was very kind and providentially provided that. And I met some good people in my parish, some women who actually lived in my neighborhood. So we started walking together in the mornings. And uh, as Lent approached, one of the girls suggested we start praying the rosary together. So that really was a big step in my spiritual life. So it really was like an asking you shall receive of a little short prayer that you gave to the Holy Spirit and how he answered through those friendships. He really did. And it it took me on a, a good path. I ended up joining a Bible study through one of the girls, uh, started teaching religious ed, started going to a Saturday morning prayer offering that a priest did in our parish where he would have us go to Mass and then we'd have coffee and watch a program that uh, Father Groeschel did on the Creed and the Sacraments. So it was very informative, but with Father Groeschel it was also very entertaining. So, (laughs) And and that was a great step. Tell me more about what your experience with it. So was that a year-round program? Was it, and, and then tell me more about what your experience of it was. So Father only did that in the summers. When my kids were little, my husband was very generous to me and, and encouraged me to take Saturday morning off. So he'd have the kids. <laughs> a good husband, a good husband. He'd be husband. running them around. Yeah. And, and then I would get to go to um, Mass. So at the time, you know, I was just adding one daily Mass to my routine, but that really had a big difference on the, on my spiritual practices at the time. So Father just did this during the summer, though. And so it wasn't a great time investment, maybe an hour or an hour and a half after Mass. And it was very entertaining. We'd have coffee. We'd talk about what we watched and learn a lot. What stuck out to you? Any of those uh, spiritual insights that you experienced while you were there? Let's see. I remember learning the meaning of concupiscence at the time. I didn't (laughs) know what that meant, but that really shed some light on on why... uh, why we don't always do the good that we're supposed to do, as St. Paul says. And, but it was a great opportunity as an adult to be able to ask questions and talk about things that were of import 
to me at the time where I was in my spiritual life. Yeah. It is very eye-opening when we hear a very big word like concupiscence, and then we hear it basically means this, that every one of us was made good, but we're fallen. We don't always do what the good that we want to do, as St. Paul speaks about. And yet we're good that we're fallen, and yet with God's grace, fallen but redeemed mm-hmm. and lifted up in him. Yes. So it was generous for uh, Father to give us his time in that way. Yeah. That's wonderful. So that was an experience probably a bit more intentional in a group and and then being involved. What other ways would you say you grew in your spiritual life with a level of either accompaniment or encouragement where you just felt called to grow deeper? I remember that being in the Bible study was really wonderful. We had a great variance of age and situation of life with all of those people but bringing them all together for the same purpose, which was to try to know and love God more through the study of the scripture, but all the while being supportive of each other and helping each other learn and grow. So that was very formative. Beyond that, I remember a parish mission. Our pastor at the time, Monsignor Art Valenzano, was a big proponent (laughs) of uh, doing the annual parish mission in Lent. And at the time, Father John Delclos gave the mission. And he's a very dynamic speaker, very (laughs) persuasive man. It was a beautiful mission, and he encouraged us to go to confession. And I remember having a huge outpouring of grace during that confession, and he was a great blessing, blessing to me in my life. What was the parish mission on? What do you remember about it? Uh, Let's see. I still have the pamphlets. It was on Be Still and Know That I Am God. (laughs) (laughs) Many of our listeners would know about Father John Del Close and his many parish missions. He was joyful and exuberant and arguably contagious. It made you say, like, I want to be plugged into whatever he's plugged in, whatever (laughs) Holy Spirit he's plugged into. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fascinating how uh, a parish mission can kind of stir up this desire for a deeper communion with God, a deeper loving God and loving others uh, generously. And and that's an important part uh, along the way. What are some other ways, and described a little bit of your next path. Uh, I know currently you, uh, you're involved in, you have a spiritual director, but what was the path from that point on and what, what happened in the in-between and mm-hmm. how long before you even approached even having a spiritual director? Mm-hmm. So I think the Lord used many people. I was teaching at the time, teaching religious ed, really um, involved in parish life. And eventually I was invited to a Carmelite meeting, which is a lay secular community that follows the Carmelite rule of life. And when I started to study Carmelite spirituality, we were encouraged to have individual spiritual directors. So at that time, I did approach a priest and he was kind enough to take me on. I would meet with him pretty much monthly to talk about growth in the spiritual life. And that became a very formative opportunity in my life to take me deeper and further. So, yeah. Tell me more about going to spiritual direction for the first time. (laughs) What was that experience for you? (laughs) It's terrifying, of course. You don't know what to expect, (laughs) don't know what he's going to ask. But it's really, you know, as you said, it's really putting yourself in the presence of a friend who wants to help you become closer to the Lord. So there's really nothing to be afraid of. It's a great opportunity to zone in on those places where you know you need to grow. Yeah, share with me a little bit more, generally speaking, what kind of things, general categories of things that you talk about in spiritual direction? 
So usually in direction, we pretty much focus on prayer life, prayer and sacramental life, but always within the context of my vocation, which is wife and mother. So father would always talk to me about how things were at home, how things were with the kids, and then how the Lord was drawing my prayer life to himself while keeping the duties of state in life primary. So, you know, wife and mother, primary vocation, that has to come first, but the opportunity to incorporate prayer into the day. So that's usually what we would discuss. Yeah, and and it deals with just the ordinary day-to-day living out of the spiritual life. The struggles, yeah. (laughs) I had a friend in Carmel who uh, would tell us she was the mother of seven children. She would actually pray in the bathroom in the morning because... That was the only place she could be undisturbed. <laughs> the, the, the only place that she could be away to spend time with the Lord, just she and the Lord. They'd leave yes. her alone in there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so there is something about someone walking with us. In the case of a spiritual direction or spiritual mentorship, is someone who will get to know us more deeply, can encourage us can listen to us, but also give us some guidance and, and direction in your life. And about how long have you been had a spiritual director, a spiritual mentor? Probably since 2003, so about 15 years now. 15 years. Yes. So, wow, you can really, <laughs> you can really grow. And as someone who's known you for many years, I've seen the great, great growth. Great, great growth. Especially, I want to highlight the spirit of gratitude. The gratitude that's just part of your life because recognizing the presence of God in your life, um, both of the good and, 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 and the good times and bad and, and, and everything, and just hearing the gift of gratitude is so apparent because of your love for the Lord. Our guest today is Dawn Walsh. We'll continue our conversation in a moment. I'm Father Brian Nolan, and you're listening to Catholic Baltimore. Catholic news from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. As Hurricane Florence approached the eastern seaboard September 12th, approximately 80 people gathered at St. Mark in Falston to pray an emergency rosary. Their concern was the inaugural Faith Fest Maryland September 16th, which had an estimated 2,000 registrants. The event, thankfully, commenced under beautiful blue skies. Live music filled the afternoon, which was sponsored by the 11 parishes in the Harford region. Families spread blankets and lawn chairs to hear Catholic musical artists such as Ike Nadolo, Josh Blakesley, and Maggie Padgett. The Kids Zone featured moon bounces, an obstacle course, a rock wall, a zip line, a petting zoo, and the Dunka Seminarium booth. The offerings included worship, a model depicting Jerusalem at the time of Jesus, a place to record personal faith stories, and more. To read more about Faith Fest, visit catholicreview.org. In the five weeks after a Pennsylvania grand jury released a report detailing allegations of sexual abuse of more than 1,000 minors by 301 priests, Archbishop William E. Laurie of Baltimore visited more than a dozen locations in the Archdiocese to hear the comments and concerns of the faithful about the scandals in the church. The Archbishop met with priests, deacons, seminarians, and Catholic Center staff, and he addressed Catholic school educators at a convocation in late August. Along with the Archdiocese Auxiliary Bishops and the Vicar for Clergy, he conducted regional listening sessions at three locations, meeting with principals and some teachers and staff in the afternoon, and with pastors and parish leaders in the evening. 
At least 33 parishes responded to Archbishop Laurie's call to prayer and repentance for the healing of victims of sexual abuse and the healing of the church through masses and fasting September 7th as a day of reparation to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. All this came as Archbishop Laurie also took on new responsibilities as Apostolic Administrator of the Diocese of Wheeling, Charleston, West Virginia, when Pope Francis accepted the resignation of Bishop Michael J. Bransfield September 13th. To read more on this story and many more, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, this is Emily Rosenthal. Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have The Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to the Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice-a-week updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android and follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. You are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Welcome back to Catholic Baltimore. I'm Father Brian Nolan, and we're talking with Dawn Walsh. She's a wife, a mother. She's also the Visitor Relation Manager at the National Shrine Grotto in Emmitsburg, Maryland. And the topic for today is the importance of growing in your spiritual life and the gift of spiritual accompaniment, especially having a spiritual director or a spiritual mentor. So in this segment, we're going to talk a little bit more. Dawn Walsh is someone who has been formed and trained as a spiritual mentor. Dawn, tell me where that started, that desire. Where did that come from? Well, I would say it came from the Lord. Maybe, Father, it began with being in groups, faith-filled groups, Bible studies, prayer groups, eventually led to my joining the Carmelites and becoming more interested in the development of the spiritual life. And then little by little people were coming to me and asking me to help them grow deeper in their spiritual life. And I didn't feel equipped for that necessarily. So St. Therese says that God does not inspire unrealizable desires. So I really say that the the Lord planted the desire in my heart and then by his grace gave us the means to explore how to develop in this manner. And maybe you can share with how you got involved in the spiritual mentorship program. What did, what did you what did you learn about that there was a program that you could be involved in as a layperson? Mm-hmm. So, in speaking with several priest friends over the last 10 or 15 years, it was obvious that there was a greater need than there were available priests to address it. And we started to talk about the potential of lay people providing this service. And as we looked into it, we we uncovered this group out of Kansas City associated with the Apostles of the Interior Life who are a beautiful congregation of sisters. And they were uh, working with the School of Faith, which is a catechetical institute that Archbishop Nelman brought to Kansas City. And they offer the program called Catholic Spiritual Mentorship Program. 
And as I looked into it, it seemed like a perfect fit for developing the potential of assisting other people in their spiritual life. It is fascinating that here you have a group that has a charism for evangelization and forming people to be spiritual mentors. It was kind of a, a bold step to, to have a group of lay consecrated women in coordination with Archbishop Nauman, Joseph Nauman, who's connected with the, who's the Archbishop of Kansas City, Kansas. And how, uh, if you remember that story, that, that they asked him, Archbishop, how can we serve you? And he looked at and uh, arguably prophetically said, I want you to form an army of spiritual mentors. It's a beautiful story, Father, and true. And the hand of divine providence to take Sister Susan, who is actually a Maryland native. She went out to California, she went to Italy, and now she's back in the United States. And, and God is planting all these beautiful seeds throughout the United States with mentors in every state. And it's been a, a real grace to watch it, watch it develop. Tell our listeners more about the program itself. Well, the program is graduating anywhere from 80 to 100 people uh, formed in this endeavor uh, every two years. So it's a two-year program. It's four weeks over the two years. And we cover four different topics per session, prayer, liturgy and sacrament, virtue and the moral life, and then discernment and practicums. So those 80 to 100 people, when they graduate, are going into their parishes, taking on anywhere from 10 to, in some cases, 34 mentees with whom they're meeting regularly and helping them come deeper in their spiritual life. And, and as, as someone who's been part of the program for a while, it, myself, it is interesting that it could be as simple as someone taking on two or three people. Absolutely. Probably more than the majority. Some, some obviously are very generous in some cases of maybe someone who's retired and, and, and serving them. But it is beautiful to see raising up of the laity about helping them grow deeper in their spiritual life, to help others to grow in their spiritual life, and to be formed in those four weeks. And and tell me more, it's not just those four. So it's two weeks a year where you go to Kansas City. And then tell me about what other requirements are part of the program. So the program begins with an application. The program wants to make sure that you are committed part of your parish and that you have the support of your pastor. So they ask for a recommendation letter from your pastor and you have some questions to fill out about your spiritual life at the moment and what brought you to this point to want to pursue this endeavor. And from there, you go through the two years. There's intense formation that happens while you're home because you're doing a lot of study, a lot of online prep and learning even when you're not there in those four weeks. So the two-year program is really beautifully done. Yes, yeah, so tell me more about the, uh, so it's two weeks a year for two years, and then some online component and some practicums where you're encouraged to walk with someone to teach them how to do mental prayer, meditating with scripture. Tell me more about what the flow of the week is like. So for the example, the first week is on prayer. Tell me what that looks like. Well, it is a little bit of a spiritual boot camp. The sisters are serious <laughs> about this. Yes. <laughs> uh, we do have mass every day. There's a holy hour every day. You have meditation in the morning where the sisters lead the meditation to help you understand and develop your own prayer life. Then we have theories where you're learning content and then practicums. We take three meals together 
And then we have lots of fun in the evenings. We'll have a movie night. We have forced fun night. And Archbishop <laughs> Nowman comes on the last <laughs> night uh, for us to entertain him with them. Um, so there is, they always joke about that word forced fun because they really try to cultivate community. Yes. So here's of, if I remember correctly, about it's about 70, 80. And then there's a team of about 20 different people that includes priests from the Apostles of the Interior Life, several other priests from diocese, the Apostles of the Interior Life, the lay consecrated women. You have a number of the laity who are part of the team. So it's really a mix of the universal church, both in the formation and also in this sending out uh, around the nation. Student interns, too. We have young people who are there learning. So it, it's a great group. Who, who is it for? Who, tell me more about someone who saying, it should, be, should it be me? Should I even apply? No, I don't even want to consider it. Or maybe tell more about who might be someone who should be encouraged to apply for the Catholic Spiritual Mentorship Program out in Kansas City. Gosh, I would just encourage anybody who is even has their interest peaked to take it to prayer because if you saw a photograph of the people in that room we have men women we have single people married people young people and older people so god is calling formators for every age group and situation so he's the one who is planting the desire in your heart and if you have that take it to prayer and ask him to give confirmation to you whether this is something he wants. He made it very clear to me, Father, that he wanted me on this program. (laughs) (laughs) The Lord has ways of, of encouraging, inspiring, and also helping people to discern that. I know also their program, they're very good with helping people discern both in the pre-application period and then even people who go through the program. It's not guaranteed that you're going to be a spiritual mentor. They help walk with you to help discern that because just because a person enters in the program doesn't mean that they, they want to help people to grow in maturity and, and in competency. And, and that is important that they value that. that it's not just in you're in the program and you're going to be a spiritual mentor. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about their emphasis on evangelization, how that's just a natural part of what they're teaching as well. One of the beautiful things I think I see in them is that they are constantly discerning. The sisters themselves pray for four hours every day. And so as the development of the need for evangelization became more prominent in the church over the last five years or so, they became very deliberate about developing that aspect and teaching us that we're not to sit and wait for people to come to us, but we need to reach out to people and offer our assistance to them so that we can help them grow closer. Which brings us back to Pope Francis's understanding of accompanying people. It may not be always in the formal way. Many times it might be inviting someone to come back to church or inviting someone to take another step forward in prayer and then saying, hey, can we follow up and talk next week? How did it go? And can I help encourage you in another way? We're at the end of our time and what a great blessing uh, having Don Walsh here. If you want more information about the Catholic Spiritual Mentorship Program, The website is schooloffaith.com, schooloffaith.com, for more information about the Catholic Spiritual Mentorship Program. My name is Father Brian Nolan for Catholic Baltimore. Many blessings to you. God bless you.
For 143 years, New Cathedral Cemetery has served the needs of the Catholic community of Baltimore and Central Maryland. New Cathedral is the only cemetery owned by the Archdiocese of Baltimore and is the final resting place for many religious orders and famous citizens. 125 acres of rolling hills, trees, and beautiful monuments, the cemetery is an oasis of peace and tranquility and is located off Edmondson Avenue just outside of Catonsville. New Cathedral is dedicated to the task of tending to the mortal remains of our dearly departed and has many more years of available space. If you are in need of a burial site, vault, monument, or marker, or just a respectful location to place your cremated loved ones, our counselors will help you through this process and make sure the wishes of you and your loved ones are honored. Visit us online at newcathedralcemetery.org, like us on Facebook at New Cathedral Cemetery Bonnie Bray, or call 410-566-7770. Child abuse is not only a crime, it's also a sin. The Archdiocese of Baltimore has long made the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through rigorous training and background checks, and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org. Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator who would be happy to speak with you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless us and keep us always in his love.